Doom Doom Bippers, it is Friday and that means another episode of the Hoffcast. Really excited about my guest this week. Um, we're going to get into him right away. Only have a few things to talk about. Hopefully everyone is doing well. Things are starting to ease up, it seems. Hopefully it continues in that direction. I've got one thing. Uh, I had to drive the car recently because uh, I had to get a smog check out here in California every other year you got to get a smog check and I was like okay and so I took it in but I just changed the battery because you don't drive your car the battery dies so I changed the battery because I was like this is our escape pod I got to make sure the battery's working so I did that and then I went to go get a smog check and they're like oh the computer inside your car has no uh, memory I said, oh, yeah, I just changed the battery. And they go, well, you, you can't do a smog check without that memory. So I had to drive it around for like three days, you know, putting like 50 miles on it a day just to get it up to where it could be tested. And I got to warn you guys, if you don't drive at all, all of a sudden you're like a 90-year-old woman behind the wheel and you don't know what the hell's going on. And you start drifting into lanes. You get distracted easily. I got it almost got to several car accidents like getting back into the habit of driving and this is when there are very few cars on the road so be careful out there because it's not like right it's not like riding a bike where you just get on and okay yeah i got it now it's it's a little bit like i, I was rusty i didn't think i'd be rusty been driving for you know a number of years <laughs> i'd be just fine but there was more than one time that i was like oh, oh, like had to swerve a little bit to get it back to where I was. So be careful out there. Um, also, I want to thank everybody who bought my album last week. I, I, you know, all of a sudden it had a resurgence. Two-year-old album uh, all of a sudden broke back into the top 100. Uh, sitting around and all of a sudden I got a text from old Larry the Cable Guy. And he goes, look who's coming up in the world. And then my album broke back into the top. It was in the top 50. And I was like, okay, didn't really remember doing any advertisements. So thank you to whoever bought my album out there. Thanks, you guys. And uh, and keep passing that around. Keep throwing it around. Pass it. Pass the podcast around so people get it. I, I try and post on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also try and post like a little, little funny clip from that week's podcast. So if you see that come up, make sure you share that and like it, comment on it, all that good stuff. Because those platforms are worthless if they don't get any response. That's how they decide who you know what to show people you know i got over ten thousand people on my facebook page but only like a couple hundred see it if nobody interacts with it so if you see that stuff come up you know give it a like you know throw me a shout out whatever it, it everything for the cause it's free it's easy do that share this podcast rate it review it all that good stuff uh my guest on uh, the cast this week is the very funny jamie kaler uh comedian um actor you you've seen him on tv you've seen him in movies he's been in friends will and grace he had uh he was one of the stars of the show on tbs my boys from a few years ago he's currently on the uh, super troopers show uh tacoma fd uh tacoma fire department uh he, he plays one of the captains on there super funny show i see him every christmas my wife makes me watch the family stone um 
<laughs> which I've grown to like as well. But her whole family loves it, and and he always shows up at the tail end of that. He's in it, and you they talk about him throughout the whole movie, and then he shows up for like the last five minutes when everybody's got their arm around each other. Uh, he's been in a ton of things. He's super funny, very personable. Uh, you guys are gonna enjoy the conversation. I'm pretty sure he's he's seen a lot. He's got some very interesting stories about moving out to Los Angeles and, and going through the audition process and the filming process. He kind of walks you through it a little bit. It's pretty cool to listen to him talk about it and and check him out on social media on the Dadlands on Facebook. Just search Dadlands on there and and join that community. They lots of lots of dads posting tons of funny things on there and, and you know post some things on there if you if you got stories about your kids things like that and he's got we talk about it also he's got a new album dropping this father's day june 21st called happy father days d-a-z-e you guys are gonna love that uh so make sure to check that out when that drops make sure you're staying safe out there and don't forget to bip it along doom doom bip Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Hoffcast. Uh, with me via Skype is the very funny and very talented actor, Jamie Kaler. Oh, thanks, Nick. That's very kind of you to say. Is that how you uh, would describe yourself, a comedian-slash-actor or actor-slash-comedian? Slash-host. Uh, Slash-host, yes. Slash-voiceover artist. At this point, it's like whatever I get paid at is that's the day. But yeah, I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't know. Nowadays, I'm a stay-at-home, uh, homeschooling dad who just <laughs> teaches, teach, trying to teach his kid first grade. Yeah, that's a complete switch up. Yeah, I'm not a teacher. It's not what I do. <laughs> we did, we had one day where the kid, like, we went through her math homework, and then I was like, okay, all right, that's all good. Yep, perfect. And we sent it in, submitted it, and I got a 40 out of 43, first grade math. You I got, yourself had ch- double checked it. And you yeah. missed three points on it? Yeah. Huh. All right. I will tell you, and even when I saw what she said the answers were, I still debated it because I was like, here's the problem. It, you know, it's all new math, and they're trying to do everything on the t- – it's like everything's on 10. Sure. And they were – and it's some question about Tom has eight buttons. If Phil gets four red buttons and, and Jimmy gets six blue buttons, then how many <laughs> buttons are left? And you can't just do it in your head and go, yeah, it's three buttons. It's like you have to go to 10 – then subtract the number for, and I was like well that you miss uh, points showing your work something like that I was pretty annoyed about the whole now situation. how do you handle that and how does your kid look at you when daddy got it wrong do do you rectify that with her are you like oh, no I fixed you can do it this way as well no no I fixed that situation I got my AR-15 out of my closet <laughs> and I put on my bulletproof coat and I went down to that school and I told some people some things <laughs> no, I I didn't. I said, I I was like, I, well, here's the deal. I wasn't. I don't think we. The answers weren't wrong. It was just she was asking for something different. The question was very misleading, and and it, I mean, it, you know, it's like they're making it harder than it has to be. I can't believe they're even doing grades in the first grade. Isn't your what your wife's a teacher? She was yes. But it was uh, elementary art, and the school where she taught didn't give grades at all. I was one of those. They would just give feelings or something. That's funny. Have you written a joke about that? That's no, a great... no. But that's all it was. It was like well, warm and like fuzzies. A lot of you know the talk. A lot of schools are talking about that. About like why are we grading kids? And I go, what? 
yeah, it would be nice if everyone just got an A, but at the end of the day, we need doctors sure. to be the guy who really got the A's throughout school. You can't just have some dude who went to a school and they didn't give grades, and then he goes to med school, and then he's your doctor, and you're like, he goes, he goes, well, you, you told me I had cancer, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry, we weren't properly sorted early on. But don't worry, you can't grade me anyway because I don't take grades. I, had... I won't accept a grade. For, like Yelp reviews. It's like maybe <laughs> maybe we shouldn't give grades to kids. We should just give Yelp reviews. I, Jimmy's an idiot. I got four warm fuzzies in the third grade, so I thought I could be a doctor. That's it, man. My, I got a, I got a participation trophy, and we won the chili cook-off at the uh, spring festival. I should be, uh, I should be an astronaut. <laughs> okay, so you, you're teaching your kids, and we're going on two months now of this quarantine business. Yeah. Do you see an end? Death. Yeah, I'll die one day. And it'll all be <laughs> over. That'll be the end of it. I don't know how else to end. Uh, no. Yeah. Listen, it's all you know. It's going to be a major like cha- life has changed as we know it. Right. Yeah. But do you think you know? for years to come or yes. you think? Yes. OK. I mean, there's a, there'll be a new normal. You know, this is going to be a while. And I, I think people are, you know, who knows? here's what's funny. I love that people would even listen to what I say. They won't listen to what the top epidemiologist in the country is talking about. Why would they listen to some comic? <laughs> it's so who's true. From New Hampshire? And they, they probably listen to me and go, you know, I saw this comic on this podcast. He's he making a lot of sense. He really know about virus epidemiology. He said so, November 2022, and we believe him. Know, I just, it's like, I really, I'm over talking about the whole thing. I went, we went, uh, we have to go. We're, we're in the middle of construction. We had to go to a tile store today. So we go to Arizona Tile. I bring my, you know, listen, I'm not even a germaphobe. Okay. I'm like, I'm right. just trying to take into other into consideration other people's feelings. I don't know if someone in the store with me has a, a senior. I, I just don't want to be. I just want to kind of do my civil service, right? right? Right. And of course, everyone in the store has a face mask on down below their chin, like this. It's just on down below their it's, chin. Yeah, not covering anything. It's just. And then they see me, and I have a I have a black mask. I have a totally black mask. I look pretty like ninja like. You have one of those that's thing. like. And I'm just military grade. People. And the guy's like staring at me. And part of me wanted to go, you know, it doesn't, don't even wear it. Because all you're doing is insulting all of us. You're just basically, you know, it's like you said, oh, there's these regulations. Jack them all. I don't give a shit. I'm going to wear it, but not the way they want me to. You're like, dude, then don't wear it. If you're going to be that way, don't, don't even, why are you, all you're doing is taunting people (laughs) by putting it around and then having it under your chin. Like, that's, you're like, well, I followed the law. I wore it. Wear it as a hat. Or yeah, just, as a jockstrap or something. Well, you're just you're kind of being a dick. Yeah, you can't just wear put it up a sideways yarmulke and count like, it. Listen, when I went for a walk today and I didn't have it on, but I also didn't go within 20 feet of anybody. Right, I think walks I are walked, fine. I walked away off the sidewalk. I walk in the middle of the street to get away from people. Sure. And I have it in my pocket, so that in case I do walk into a store, I of course put my mask. That's all I'm saying. It's like, but people just aren't. They're not there's nobody rational anymore there's no logic everyone is they fly off the handle at the the dude said the guy at mcdonald's was like hey man you know the 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 dining room's closed and so they shot him the other dude at the park was like hey listen man it's you know the rules are you got to wear a mask they pushed him in the lake people (laughs) are showing up at the capitol with ar-15s you're like i'm not sure that's how law works right so i don't 
my whole theory in life is really, you know, try to take others, you know, try to put your some your feet in other people's shoes and try to see what's going on. As a listen, I get it. The economy's closed. We're all we're all in serious trouble. You for know? sure, for sure. You're you're a road comic. You're in serious trouble. Every comedy club, yeah. Every road club, every comedy club we know is in serious trouble. I don't know how this story ends, but it's like, you know. And people, people people cannot take a joke anymore. I made a joke on Facebook. It was it was a stupid joke. It was more of a tweet, but I like tweeted it and I put it on Facebook as well. And it was something to the effect of, uh, you know, call me crazy, but I don't think I think if you. If you die in the hospital, you shouldn't get charged for your visit. Something as dumb as that. And all these people are like, I'm a nurse. I always thought that. I was like, I go, I'm not, I go, listen, he didn't make it. I'm not paying. Nobody, <laughs> you, oh, I'm, I, it's not my money. I don't get it. In my Absolutely. mind, it was like a far side cartoon, a guy down in hell, like looking at the bill, like, what? For what? this? Well, that's not even. I mean, that's absolutely. And you know, the, the the people who prey on people who just lost somebody, like for coffins and stuff, it's like, oh, you're gonna want the the right. top the top shelf. Wouldn't coffin. your loved one deserve to be in mahogany? They'll, everyone will only see it at this. I'm like, dude, throw me in a cardboard box and light it up. I want a Viking <laughs> funeral. I want to be in a. I want a dinghy with some kindling and I just want to be pushed out in the ocean and lit on fire. Oh, well, can we, can we just like soak it in gasoline and let me f shoot fire arrows at it? Like that's my dream is to shoot some fire arrows. That is absolutely the way. I didn't even think about fire arrows, but I'm adding that to my will now, fire okay, arrows. Okay, good, good. Well, put me in there. I want to take a couple shots. I mean, that's on the outside chance you outlive me, but sure. Whoever goes first, <laughs> the other guy gets to shoot the fire arrows. All right, deal. We've got a gentleman's accord. Gentleman's accord. You know, uh, you mentioned going to a tile store. I almost lost a kid at a tile store. When we retiled our bathroom floor, our kid, we were going to check out, and my oldest was standing up in the cart, and I was like, get down, you're going to fall. And as soon as I said fall, he fell out and hit, like, right by the registers, there's these metal things that, like, protect the corners. I mean, they're, like, solid iron sticking up, and he just ate it on one of those side of the head and I was like oh he's gone that must have cracked his skull and I mean several tears and <laughs> lucky didn't hit him in the eye dude I was like I cannot believe it would have been like the omen like Damien where the guy gets impaled he would have just been like like doink right on both <laughs> eyeballs yeah so we're not going back to the tile store he he was too young to remember it but for some reason we say tile and he's like wait I'm not yeah, sure it, it's going to come out in therapy years from now. You were talking about people who are like, can't take a joke and stuff. So I, have you seen the crazy videos I do with, I have a cooking show? Yes. Where I just make out, I just make drinks. It's like I did spaghetti Manhattan and I just made a Manhattan. But I Right. Talk if like you guys I haven't seen this, Jamie Kaler, do you, you post it on the Dadlands or on it's your? It's on the Dadlands, yeah. Dadlands, which is this awesome group that you've cultivated, you know, just about new fathers and stuff. But it's all parents, right? It's all parenting stuff. So I post the thing and... Uh, these guys share it to the life of dad, which is another brand we know we love and uh -huh. stuff. And so it's in the life of dad and it's getting a ton of love. And one woman's, I, I had taken my two kids. They were sitting behind me on my kitchen counter. Right. One of the kids is six. The other kid's five. They're not, it's not a newborn baby. I placed up on the counter. Right, the right. Of course, first comment. Hey, listen. Don't ever let your kids sit on the counter like that. They could fall off and get hurt. And I was like, 
wow, out of this whole 60 second thing, that's what you, that's what you took out of it? That, yep. the, that my six year old who, by the way, if she falls off, she's gonna fall three inches to her feet. That's what you, and they weren't like sitting on their head, they were sitting on the edge of the counter like right. a human would. And then everyone else was like, hey, Debbie Downer. What is wrong with you? That's my favorite, when the person that got it wrong gets attacked then by the rest of society. <laughs> oh, dude. Just the one good thing about social media, justice is swift. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever gone past a post and been like, hey, I shouldn't comment. People are like. Yeah. Dude, so I, I want to talk about your career uh, because I feel like I knew you before I knew you. Like I definitely had seen things that you had been in. And then yeah. we met at, uh, at this uh, show in Santa Monica at the World Cafe that uh, was run by Jay Larson. And I, Is that where we first met? I didn't know that. That's where we first met. And I you know, said hi, and you were very nice. And uh, Doesn't sound like me. You sure it was me? It wasn't Rand Azizi? Like <laughs> I'm positive it, it was you. Uh, but that's – how did you get into, like, acting and comedy? Because you grew up you, – you were in the military. I was. It's how do you make that trans transition? You just you just show up to Hollywood and sign up. I think is how it works. I uh, I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I was a late. I was thinking about that today too. I was a late bloomer. I just didn't you know. I didn't know what I wanted to do until late. And so yeah, I was like thirty and I moved to Hollywood and everyone's like, "You're insane." <laughs> and you then were in the I, Navy you know, I got the job that. at a Brian. I was a Navy lieutenant. Yep, yep, yep. And I got out in San Diego. How does that work for somebody who's funny? Because I gotta imagine the military is not a good place for sarcasm. Uh, you'd be surprised. Really? You know, Gallo's humor in the trenches is pretty big. Okay. I've seen, like, every time in, like, Band of Brothers or whatever, there's the wiseacre from New York who's always <laughs> ready with a quick joke. He normally dies by the third act. And that's what I'm thinking. He gets killed in the third act. I was just lucky I was in when there was no war. Otherwise, I would have totally been the first guy killed. <laughs> Everyone would be like, oh, we really like that guy. He's funny. Dead. That yeah. dude never survived. He's a red shirt on Star Trek. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was always a, even on the ship, I was the smart ass and... Yeah, I remember one time that the captain too was like, uh, we were, God, where were we? Australia or something? The ship, we were pulling into Australia in like three days. Okay. We were in the Indian Ocean, and the captain of the ship, who was awesome, was like, he wanted to throw a giant party in Australia for the battle group. Okay. And so they airlifted me off the ship to a helicopter, took me ashore, like with two other guys, three days beforehand. The, other, the rest of the guys on the ship were and I went and set up the party in Perth so you got there two days before everybody because you went on a helicopter and they still had to ride the slow boat yeah that and it is took hilarious. me on the helicopter so that I could go ahead the captain was like listen he, he knew if we get if our sh by the, we were in a battle group we were like a destroyer there was an aircraft carrier there was a cruiser there was a bunch of destroyers there was a minesweeper the captain knew he goes if all the ships hit the shore at the same time it's going to be slim pickings for our ship for slim like pickings in terms of what uh girls the uh <laughs> where the place is everything so i go ashore and he uh and i go with these other guys and we he tells me where to go i go to these places i set up the entire party we start taking applications for perth women to come to the party it was lunacy. It was Holy absolutely... Holy smokes. So that thing about, like, semen just coming into port, that's a real thing. Yeah, I'm not sure of your double entendre. I, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I, I see. I didn't mean to, but I... Yeah, there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was funny because a bunch of guys came home with wives. Like, a bunch of dudes came home 
uh, some guys came home from the Philippines with wives. Some guys came home from Australia with wives. That's how it works, right? Even in, like, wartime, guys were, like, pulling them out of the trenches. Well, people want to, you know, America still is. I don't know if it still is. We might might be be dipping (laughs) on the depth chart. But back in those days, I mean, we were top gun, man. We were number one, and people used to, yeah, people would, like, you'd get there, and women would be like, you American? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But how do you get them back, then? You can't bring them on the boat. No, yeah, we... Yeah, we would just smuggle them below. <laughs> Get in the hole. Actually, our captain was so funny. He wanted to bring. We had this guy. We played golf in the Philippines, and we had this caddy. He loved. He loved this guy. This caddy he was trying to finagle a way to get him back to the states. <laughs> Come be back to the states. Uh, but no, guys, what, what they would do is they would, uh, you know, keep in touch. And then when they got back, the girl would come back and visit or whatever, and then they would work it out that way. Or even if they married, she would stay there. But then, and I saw guys get literally married over a weekend. Really? Like Vegas? Absolutely lunacy. There was a kid from Arkansas. Like, he must have been like 18 years old. He might have been the first time he'd ever even been out of his his little town. And all of a sudden, we're in the Philippines. And, you know, we're in some bar. And the girls have numbers on them, and it's insanity. I mean, you're like nuts. And this dude comes back on the ship. He's like, man, I'm getting married. And we're all (laughs) like, what? And he got married, brought this girl home, and he would read. Uh, he would read her love letters on the bridge, like in the middle of the night, and they were all like, "Hey, honey, cool, I miss you so much." Yeah, seven like, the was, seven words she knew before she was. Yeah, it was like broken English and stuff. It was really funny. I uh, I honestly wish I could go back and see. Like, it would be really funny if they were like, "Oh my God, we had the most magical life." Like she was, we were perfect for each other. It was glorious. We raised our kids. We had this wonderful existence. Right, you don't I keep fear in touch with any of these guys. Yeah, uh, actually, I do. There's a bunch of guys on Facebook who are all off my ship. Yeah, and they're still they kind of some of them are in the dadlands, and they're all kind of follow my career and, and like they'll see me on TV, and then they'll all reach out and go, "Dude, were you just on Friends?" And I'm yep. like, "Yeah, that was me." And they go, like they're like blown away because I you know it's out of nowhere like this naval officer and then like three years later I was on friends and they were like I'm sorry what right right well was that the dream was entertainment the dream when you were on that ship dude I want um no I was gonna get into average I was talking to another friend Pete Holney a great actor and uh-huh. comedy guy and he and I were talking and I was like it's funny I, when I first got out I don't know why I was gonna get into advertising I remember like going to a newsstand and getting a bunch of copies of ad week that's and I what was I went reading. to school for for advertising. My baby's here. What's up, baby? Uh, there's one more here on the floor, I think, somewhere. Sorry, guys. My wife's looking for a blanket. No, that's important. Well, you know. Nick, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Holly and I were talking. I was like, I want to get. I was going to get advertising. And I got a job bartending on this beach bar. It's really funny, too, because this woman, uh, I picked the one bar I wanted to work at because it was a microbrew, and they didn't. I didn't know how to make mixed drinks. Okay. So, I just picked a microbrewery. Just let me pour I, the beers. And it was right on Pacific Beach in San Diego, Pacific Beach Brewing Company. And I went in and I, I, uh, I talked to the manager. And I said, hey, I'm looking for a job. She's like, we're not hiring. And I said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Because I had like three months paid leave in the Navy. Uh-huh. So I didn't really care. And I said, you will because I know how the bar business works out. And I'm going to come in every day until you hire me. Really? And so every day I would just – I would have my, my volleyball with my buddies and I'd be on my bike and we'd be cruising. Because I picked a place that was like two blocks from my house. And I drove past it every day, and I would poke my head in and go, "Is today the day? Is today the day?" <laughs> like she go, "No, no, not today, not today." And then 27 days later, she goes, "Fine." 
She goes, you can work the door. You can be a bouncer. She they goes, didn't come, have come a job here. opening. They're just, they, they just succumb. She goes, Friday. Like every day. I was, and I was funny too. So I'd, I, every time I'd poke in, I'd crack a joke. I'd go, today's the day, isn't it? She'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then she tells me, she goes, come in Friday at seven. You can work the door. And I said, I'll work the door, but eventually I'll be behind the bar. Right. And she goes, surgery. Yeah, whatever. And so I show up Friday at seven and she goes, uh, she's like, oh my God, I totally forgot. I haven't fired the guy yet. Come back in an hour. And so I had to come, had to walk around the block for like an hour. So she had to fire the big bouncer so that yeah. you could have a job. Yeah. And then I worked the door for a while. I never got into one fight. Good. And because I never, I never, I mean, I threw people out, but I did it in a weird way where they never fought me. Right. You were able to disarm them. Yes. With your charm. Like yeah. Well, just by taking yeah. it, the guy goes, "You're out." You know, he'd be like, "You're out." Can I swear? Yeah. It's fine. He'd go like, I remember this one dude was hammered, and I was like, dude, you gotta go. My manager's telling me you gotta go. He goes, what are you gonna do, you fucking pussy? And I go, first of all, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I am a giant pussy. And he was like, what? And I was like, trust me. And he, I go, and I kind of explained how it goes. I go, I, sure, I'm a pussy. Here's how this is gonna break down. You're gonna beat the crap out of me. Yep. You're gonna end up in jail tonight. You're never going to get back into this place. You're probably going to lose. And, and I, we just had this long conversation. And by the end, he was like, you're right. And he, right. Left. he just walked away. And I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. You can come tomorrow. Just go home now. You know, <laughs> at a certain point, you get that you get that brain that would react the way you did. Because I think in my 20s, or I, I think I might have fought the guy. Right. But then at a certain point, I was doing shows up in Medford, Oregon. And... After the show, it turns into a karaoke bar, this place where I was doing the show. And so a bunch of new people came in that wanted to do karaoke, and this wedding party came in. And me and the other comic are just sitting by the bar. We're talking, minding our own business. And this guy who comes up, and he you could tell he was at the wedding, but now everything's untucked. He's, like, got yeah. the tie half on. Yeah. And he comes up, and he goes, my friend thinks he could kick your ass. And I go, he's probably right. <laughs> like, probably, definitely. And I would have been next to you going, oh, no, he's definitely right. No, no. He would kick both of our asses. Might as well like, drop that's how the I probably would. off of that. And he just <laughs> so kind of, he didn't know what to say to that. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if he expected me to turn and be like, oh, really? <laughs> but he just goes, Ugh, and walked away. And that was it. I'm always amazed when guys will pick fights with somebody that they have they don't know anything about. You don't, like, you don't know if that guy is like Chuck Norris Right. You don't know if he's carrying a weapon. You don't know if he's suicidal and got a, strapped in a – like why would you pick a fight with somebody you have no idea what weapon you're dealing with? My my thought is if I ever get into a precarious situation, I will just tell the guy, hey, man, I'm working undercover. We are not here for you. Back away. <laughs> I'm using that. See? That absolute genius. Listen, man, we're not here for you. What is it? <laughs> Listen, just so you know, we're not here for you. If I were you, I would leave because it's about to go down. Right? You right? could do just... it with a totally straight face and then had a fake badge. Because is anybody going to, like, is anybody really going to attack somebody that just said they're undercover and we're not here for you? doesn't have to be like this. Oh, I always think you could also go with the blood thing and go, look, man, you probably are. I'm a little weak. Um, I have AIDS. And, and hemophilia. I'm a hemophiliac AIDS patient, and I really – I'm a bleeder. So whatever you do, try not to hit me in the face. Right, right. Just go for the stomach. If you can, just go. Because honestly, I'd rather not bleed on you and infect you. I mean, seriously. But if you want to fight, let's do it. 
because they told me I have like 10 days to live. I really I don't care anymore. It, it doesn't matter to me. You really want to make out in the back? That's cool too. I was always, dude, because I bartended too for years. I would, I saw, I saw fights go down and you could see it. You could see it an hour, two, you could see sometimes when they walked in the door, you're like, uh oh, there's about to be a fight. And I will tell you 90% of the time, it was because of a woman. Sure, sure. But the, I've always said there's a there's an hour at a bar. Like say you know say things close at one. There's always an hour where everything turns from like happy and fun to like horny and angry. Like it's like that. It, You're right. It's like it twelve fifteen or something between twelve fifteen and twelve thirty. <laughs> People are tearing it up, and for some reason they definitely they go, hey, what time is it? And as soon as they check the time once. Mm-hmm. It's it's either we got to go home or we got to get this done. <laughs> Whatever we came here to do, we better right. accomplish. Right. Because time is running out. And people yeah. are starting to head for the exits. Your options are limiting. Yeah. And you get yeah. angry. You think, okay, that's it. I'm fighting. Dude, it's the Titanic. And they're letting <laughs> the lifeboats go. And there's only four people in the boat. You're like, dude, <laughs> keep the boat. You should fill the boat. What are you doing? See, that's all it was. Just Jack was hurting. And, and then it's, it's, it's all of a sudden time speeds up and you're like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and the other guys are playing on the deck and you're like, oh, this is going south quickly. I love the story of you getting the job and just kind of like taking a persistent risk. You know, you just it's a risk to like keep ducking your head in there to get rejected day in, day out, saying is today the day? Do it is today the day I get the job? Ha- has that ever worked? Have you ever attempted that in entertainment and has it ever worked? No. You've never like gotten no. gotten out of an audition and say I can do better than that and like walk back in, give me one more shot or anything I like that. I did do that once on one of my very first auditions and you know, thinking like I went back and I said I, I remember knocking on the door. I, it had to be early, commercial I mean, or something like that. Commercial. Okay. I literally one of my first two or three auditions, and I think she told me don't ever do that again. <laughs> like she said, what you're doing is wrong. Don't ever do it again. And I remember going back and I knocked on her door and I'm sure my heart was pounding and I was like, I'm be- I'm better than that. I can do better. Yeah. And she was like, I know you can, but don't worry about it. It's it's honestly it doesn't matter. It, none of it matters or something <laughs> or other. And I remember just leaving like <gasps> she didn't let me do it again. You didn't get to do it again. Nope. That was the casting director or something that yeah. stopped you. Oh, OK, yeah. I knocked on, I, I left and I drove back. I th- seem to remember it's all a blur. And I went back and knocked on the door and uh, and she was like totally caught her off guard. She's like, yeah. And I was like, she wasn't and she was not. It wasn't even like charming, like like the woman who hired me at the bar. Right. There was no charm to it. There was no. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, and I learned that about, here's the deal. With bartending, you can do, with stuff you can do, like, I could do that at a garbage company and Maybe, I'd get a yeah. job. I could do, acting's a different beast because everybody on earth wants to be an actor. Like, sure. I don't know if they, true, everybody, but you know what I mean? It's like supply definitely is larger than demand. And that's a tougher sell. You have to be, uh, you, yeah, I mean, you really do get one shot. You get, you get one shot. Do not miss that opportunity, Mom. Spaghetti. Okay, know. I was kind of hoping you'd say I, when I went back there and I crushed it, and they said, "Yep, you are the guy." Nope. No dice. Not even a shot. Not on that one. I will tell you the Will and Grace. You can never do it, but I've had it like Will and Grace. I that was such a last second audition when I because I ended up recurring on Will and Grace, and I went 
and I, and it was this last second thing. I found out years later, they told me that Josh Duhamel had been cast in the part, and that he some he had a conflict and he fell out. Okay. And so they had this last second casting because it worked the next day, and I went into this room. I, I forget where. Oh, I oh my god, this is crazy. I had done. I had driven down to do San Diego. Remember the bar on San Diego on Wednesday night? What like, was that place? PB PB uh, Bar and Grill. I'm not they sure. They had that comedy show. On okay. a Wednesday night, they had a comedy show down there. I drove down with Chris Hardwick, uh-huh. and we did this show down there. We spent the night. They gave us a hotel room. You know, We tore it up. I get the call in the morning. It says, hey, they want to see you for Will and Grace. Okay. And I go, uh I'm, I'm driving, trying to learn lines, driving like three hours back. I get home. I have a couple hours to kind of prepare. I go over to the audition. Goes, They go, they're looking for Gary Cole from The Office. Mm, yeah. Right. You know who he is? He's, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. boss. I'm going to need you to come in Saturday. Same type of part. Dick, dick in The right, Office. Right, right. I even think I threw in a couple of, mm, yeah, I don't know about that <laughs> or something like that. And so I did it, and the whole room got really quiet. And there was a bunch of guys in the waiting room, and I went in, and I read, and the whole room got quiet, and they all just stared at me, and I didn't say anything, and I stared around the room, and I was like, nervous wreck. And I thought they were gonna go, great, let's try it again, and here's some notes, but they didn't. They were like, they looked at each other, and there was this long pause, and then they were like, thanks, thanks for coming in. Huh. And I, and I kept looking like they would go like, no, no, try it, and they didn't, and I was like, I got it. So I get up. I go, oh, thank you very much for seeing me. And I leave and I go out and I'm opening my car door. This assistant comes running across the parking lot. Uh He goes, hey, could you do it one more time? And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) And so I go all the way back in and they gave me such specific notes. Like, you know how it is when you're doing a scene and you're like, they're saying, okay, on this line, try to be a little more conceited. And then, but when it gets to this line, make the turn and then, you know, then you own the room. And they're giving, like, each line has a specific beat. And I never, I'm, I've always been, uh, I never go, like, wait, wait, back up. What is he supposed to do on this or whatever? I go, mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll try that then. That sounds great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I did it. And as soon and it just came out, you know, like sometimes they just, just worked for, and work sometimes and it clicked and they i saw i looked around the room there was a huge pause and i saw them kind of nod to each other and then they said thank you and you could as soon as the thank you i like walked out the door and i remember calling my agent going you're gonna be getting a call in about three minutes really and and i got in the car and my and my uh, my beeper i had a beeper and my beeper went off and i was like (laughs) beautiful it was just one of those like Ha 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 And then I went and did the week and Gene Wilder was the guest star with me. Oh, it was me, Gene goodness. Wilder. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. I was nervous the whole week. But they did shoot like that. So you would shoot the scene once. They were stewed. They were so talented. The four of them were so good together. The you cast would sit of there. Grace? Oh my God. The four main leads were yeah. so phenomenal together. And they would uh so you do the whole scene entrances you know it's like a play entrances exits everyone's coming in doing their lines and stuff right. we do it in front of a live audience we'd rehearse it all week do it in front of a live audience and it, it would hit but some jokes wouldn't or it would kind of blend and then they'd, they'd go okay everybody around the writer's table and we'd all stand there and they had rewritten it and they changed 
a ton of the scene. And they would just tell you, uh, okay, Nick, so instead of saying this joke, you'll say this joke, totally different joke. And your brain's like, well, okay, what, how's that joke go again? Yeah. So, can I say the thing to go and go? And there's a live audience right behind you. You're, you're standing oh. around, around this table, and they're going, you do that. Okay, so you're going to say that. So, Sean, when you walk in, so don't do that because he's going to pop around the corner, and then we're going to do it that way. And then we'll, uh, Eric, you'll do that. And, and then you're like, oh, okay, what? all right. Yeah, and is the live audience hearing that? Can they hear that no, interaction? No, they don't want to hear it. They don't. They see us, but they it's all we're all whispering because we don't want to tip the jokes. Sure, to the yeah, yeah. That's then they places. We all take their places. I'm back outside the door. I'm like shaking out, like in the sides of the door, like waiting to enter my entrance or something. And I'm listening to the scene go. That's the new line. That's a new line. That's, there's a new line. And then I have to come in with a brand new line. I, I would come in and do the scene, and I was like, the whole week was so vibrant. It was like. That was when I was like, this is what I really wanted. And that's all I've ever wanted to do was a four camera. I wanted to be Ted dancing on Cheers. That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> I could all see that. It's the best. If, you could have any, if I could have anyone's career, it might be Ted dancing. Even now? Even even in the curb? Good, the good. Oh, he's so good on curb. He's got the good place, man, which is fantastic. He did. Be, has the guy never been on television? It's insane. Has anyone had a better career than Ted dancing? Maybe not, but his hair baffles me. I can't wrap my head around his hair now. He's magical. He's so talented. It's such a weird thing. <laughs> my wife started watching Cheers again. It's on Netflix or something. She started rewatching Cheers last year, and she had she's just like, I've got a thing for Ted Danson. He's he's got style, and he's and I was like, he's, ah. he's funny. He's charming. Yeah, he was dude. He's Sam Malone. Woody Harrelson, <laughs> by the way, also a pretty good career out of there. Not bad. Not bad. And Shelley Long left season one. She's like, yeah, I don't want to be part of this. Really? This is the greatest show on TV. Is that the blonde-haired gal? She left, Jeff. She left and Kirstie Alley came in. Who was great. Okay, I like all those guys. And like Norman and, and the uh, and the mailman Cliff. and Cliff, yeah, they both have had like good careers with Pixar and stuff. They're like in every, there are voices in every Pixar. Well, you know also, John Ratzenberg, apparently, this is a story, He there was no Cliff in the original pilot. He went in and he, they made him read Norm. It was the only part. There was a guy sitting at the bar, uh -huh. and he he pitched them and said, "You need you don't have a know it all. The bar needs a know it all." Really? And he kind of pitched the character to them, and they were laughing or whatever. And they said, "Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever." And then he uh, he left, and then I guess they pondered it and kind of brought him back and tried to finagle it because I think he's in from is he in from the first episode? I feel I like he is. In, uh, I think it, I'm not even sure if he was a regular then or if he just was kind of a uh, I don't know I don't know That's... but he kind of from what I've heard he kind of created that part help with it and, and kind of told them and they were like that is kind of what the bar needs have you ever gotten a role where you didn't think you were right for it but you just kind of shoved your round peg into the square hole because I've, I've auditioned for those things where I'm like that, th there's no way I'm not right for this and I've never and gotten one of those. I've never gotten one of those parts, but I've I've I'm definitely thought that. I'm trying to think hard, that. and I'm going to tell you, I think not. Okay, so they've done I'm their job. Say, well. like when I did my boys, I remember reading for it, and even I forget I was reading it with somebody, and the person was like, "Holy shit, this! If you don't get this, this is you, yeah. This is you." But I've also read for a million other projects that were exactly me. And I didn't get one time a friend of mine wrote on this show called Pro Actually, I don't know if I should say the name Providence is the name of the show. Okay. And he was a buddy of mine. He was a writer on it. And he wrote this character named Jamie, who was a bartender and he was a redhead. And I, <laughs> I went and he goes, hey, I'm bringing you in for this part I wrote for you. 
and I read for it, and I didn't, didn't get it. Didn't get it. I've read for stuff where people were like, we wrote this for you. Right. And I, and I didn't get it. Damn it. Ted Danson got it. That's a few times. Well, you know who went up against Ted Danson was uh, uh, the football player. Was it Youngblood? It was a he. He was a big football player. He, he ended up. He ended up on another show, Hunter. For Cheers. Yeah, he was the other guy. They tested Ted Danson against the other dude, and his name was. Um, he was Hunter. He was the big was Jack Youngblood or something. He was a big know. football player. I don't know. Has there he ever been one? Home. Like you had that one that you that was written for you. Have you ever had a part that you're like, I'm perfect for this. I want this so bad. Like it would have just changed everything and, and you didn't get it. I did. Yeah. Many, a, a few, a few, I remember vividly a couple I tested for that. I did not get that. Which one went sticks to, out? Uh, I don't really want to tell the shows, but okay. there was a couple shows that I was like, somebody else got the part and I would bummed. I thought, and I even sometimes I'll watch the show and I'll go, you know what? Better choice. Good. Yeah better choice and then other times I'll watch it and, I'll, and especially this one really upset me because I watched it and I was like seriously man he's doing it all I wrong I would have destroyed this thing in my head I was like and I remember oh. testing for it and there was a guy who I knew at the test and I feel like he buried me but I don't know Okay, dude it's all you get into these things and you can't I've tested I've done chemistry reads with pretty big actresses and each time I'm like wow really that didn't go well at all or it's crazy I mean it's, it's painful it's uber yeah. painful but when you do book it you're like this is the greatest job that's ever happened but it's you know, you know you've been on them they're like I've reached a point my wife we were talking the other day and she was saying you know like she, you know, she's going through panic everyone's in this panic mode right now of like it's this is a nervous time for everybody sure you know and she was talking to her father and her father's like well how's Jamie dealing with it and, and her she was like, Jamie doesn't seem to be phased by this at all. And I was telling her, I go, it's not that I'm not phased. I totally am panicked. And this is a crazy time and I'm worried about stuff. But I just, I've, I've been beaten to death so many times. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've, I've been so close and been destroyed <laughs> that I just don't take anything that personally anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's how life works, man. Yeah, so, comedy and acting. like It comes and goes. Is there, you're just a punching bag, and you better have thick skin or you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. And you just can't. Because the problem is the second you walk into an audition and you show fear, you're out. It's over. Yeah. You like fear. I'll talk to guys and they'll be like, I just don't have it anymore. You know what's my favorite? My favorite line in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh-huh. is, uh, is Brad Pitt talks to DiCaprio and he goes, hey, well, you know, next season you'll book a pilot. He goes, I can't book a pilot in this state of mind. <laughs> he goes, I'm, I can't. I'm not, I don't have it. I don't have it. And, and I was like with my friend going, that's exactly because you have to go into auditions. You have to care, but you can't care because they have to want you. Yeah. And you can't if you seem too needy, it is the weirdest human emotion where they're like, if you're like, I'm really good for this part. They're like, back up. Yep. You can, but you have to be you have to be. You can't be such a dick and off-putting that they go, I can't, how could I work on set with that guy? There's such a fine line of like, I'm really excited to do this job with you. I, I want to be part of this. This is cool. I'm going to do hard work. But honestly, if this goes away, I don't give a shit. Right. You have to have that weird vibe, right? It's such a crazy business. You not only have to give off that feeling, but you kind of have to have that feeling because you nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen. No, you have to. 
you have to have it because you can smell it on somebody in two seconds. If you've ever sat and watched other auditions, you can smell it. You'll watch somebody and you'll be like, ooh. I've also had, a, I mean, where you've had it and you're killing the scene, it's going great. And you're almost like, you do it once and it's like, killed it and everyone in the room's like, oh my God. They're laughing, yep. And then they're like, let's do it one more time. Oh, uh, no, go out on a high note. I tested for this CMT show. CMT was doing original sitcoms at the time and it okay. was just me I tested only dude and when and you say it. tested for the people listening you're in there with producers of the show and possibly the director and the network yeah and the, everybody there's like 50, 50 60 people in there watching you and this is it the decision is going to be made this afternoon usually is, you're in there with the other actors in the scene but this time you were there by yourself sometimes it's you it's usually the person you're going against okay waits I've tested and I've, I've sat with the other three other, maybe sometimes two, three actors. So it's down to the last four guys or sometimes it's down to the last two guys. Yeah. And it's literally you and he and they make you come in two and three hours early and you're waiting for this thing. It's painful. So I go to this one test and it's just me. I'm the only dude and three women. That's it. And it's a, it's a mom and dad show. And so I go in with the first wife, destroy the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. People are killing me. I mean, they're, we're talking about, you know, where this character can go. It's season three. We want you to do that. Exactly the, what you just did. The first woman leaves. The second woman comes in. It doesn't go quite as great. Start are you doing because, all the same moves? Are you doing? Are you doing it the same? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pump it and add different things. But right. they, you know, how many times could you sit and watch a guy do the same joke exactly. before you go? fucking got it dude and you start to see behind the curtain and you see all of his little tricks yes. and gags and all of a sudden you're like this scene I don't like it third per third she leaves third woman comes in it's a fucking train wreck uh. it's, it's just a disaster I feel the job slipping away uh. even the people in the room are talking to me less and almost like p picking up the phone to start going who else we got like and I feel it the, and it, I'm there forever two hours doing the same fucking scene Can i should have been smart i should have just said look man i'm not doing that i'm not testing with all three i didn't get the part if you could do it again would you have said that no I'm you can't you can't because say it you can't because then they'll be like well he's hard to work with here's my other thought i, I mean because here's the other thing sometimes you go for a test they already have offers out Sure. It's already off. You're so just the, guy who, the safety. The guy who did here. take it was he was kind of a, a quasi celebrity. He's he's sure. pretty well known, pretty good resume list. My guess is that he just didn't. He told them, "I'm not testing." Ted Danson. Ted Danson has I, that kind of power. It wasn't Ted Danson, but it was. <laughs> it was over there. And so he uh, he uh, he got the part, and then they shot the pilot, and the show never went. Never went. They got canceled anyway. And that was one of the shows where I was like. You screwed up by taking him. Should have been me and the first girl. Killed that thing. And actually, the girl who I read the best with didn't get the part either. She, did one a of the other two get it? A different woman got it, who I read horribly with. She got it. She got it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's actually a friend of mine. I kind of know her now. We're, we're pretty good friends. and so. But she is also fantastic. We just She was the third person I read with that day. It was just not – it didn't click. Okay. What do you prefer, uh, stand-up, hosting, or acting? Uh, I mean, stand-up's the most fun, don't you think? That for, yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean, if you were making gobs of cash, I just like the acting pays way better. 
Right. Acting would yeah. be more fun. Well, not more fun, but I think it would be up there with stand-up if you had creative license. If you were on a show and you could yeah. contribute and help write yeah. for your character and things, then that's something. My boys was like that. Tacoma FD is like that with those guys, with the Super Trooper guys. They kind of were like, here's the script, man. Just have fun. Do what you want. And they, awesome. they kind of let you wheel and deal and change. You know, that you're, you're, you're doing one clean one, but then you're riffing it and finding what you can. And they're just like, yeah, it's great, man. Keep going. Other shows you do, and they're like, yeah, don't change a word, man. Just say your lines and go back to your trailer. Sure, so is- which is okay, but it's, yeah, you don't, as a comic, you want to have a little bit of leeway. Stand-up's the best, though, man, because it's like, you know, you get one you get one take at something, and then the show's over at 9.30, and you're, you're in your hotel room. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, um, does anything scare you now besides this current thing that we're in? Do you do you get scared children. about things? Don't you get scared of your children? Uh, scared of them? No, scared for them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, uh, had I, listen, I love my kids and I, you know, wouldn't change anything. But if you could go back in time, I just. I, I, the the sheer responsibility of having children is what's the most overwhelming part of it of like just the terror of the world and these poor kids are out there and I don't know how my parents did it in the 70s when they you didn't know where your kids were on a right. daily basis I don't know how they how they weren't just terrified every night of like what are my kids doing there was less news don't you think the news has made us hyper paranoid about things so it's so and social media it's, it's all i mean you can't get away from it man it's crazy we get up in the morning we i i, I turn on i get my phone i check you know all my messages facebook oh instagram who did that and then i watch the news and then i start my day yeah it's like i got i really we're, we're pondering about like just turning it off i definitely turn it off at a certain point at night usually about eight ish i'm like i i'm I'm to unplug. I'm, I'm unplugged at this well, point. Well, this has been a hot uh, topic amongst my wife and her and her little mommy friends. Is like, wh- at what point do you give a kid technology like a cell phone? Do you have you and your wife talked about that? When we have, we're not even there yet. But I will tell you, with the Zoom thing, my daughter is um, she like works the computer better than I do. Yeah, she's in first us. grade because. It is kind of great. Like our school, did, we're, we have a um, more Catholic school, so the, uh, they have a really great setup where they're running the school days like it's a school. Like at first I was kind of pissed. I was like, just give us the week's work and we'll knock it out. <laughs> and they right. were like, yeah, we don't want that. What we want is the kids to still maintain some sense of school. So they're in school from 8 to 3. So at 8, there's a you sign on to a Google class. There's a Zoom. The teacher actually is doing the class on the Zoom live. So like three classes a day are live. And then the other one, she goes. Some of them are pre-recorded. Wow. Uh, it's really well done, man. That's I was really cra- impressed. Because we are more – the first one you said we basically get the okay this is what they need to do each day and twice a week he'll have like a half hour zoom call with his class where the teacher will teach something other than that it's just get your work done we feel pretty lucky our school is great and so we've been very thankful and the teachers are wonderful they put whole lesson plans together and then you know I'll basically go through her homework and help her you know it was a learning for for an A minus yeah, exactly. The first week was wasn't like that, but they were getting their footing, and now they're kind of duked in. Where it's almost like, you know, maybe next year or something. Every year, I wouldn't be surprised if they have just stay at home school day. You know, right. like, you know, in in places where they have to turn the heat on in the winter or something, in like Montana, you'd think maybe they do a three day school week, 
and then Monday and Friday you just do it online and right. then go to actual school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or however you end up working it out. But they're showing that they can. This is actually kind of working. Yeah, there's gonna be a shift. If not for everybody, at least some people will do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was pretty impressed at, at how ours came out, but I've heard I've heard some good stories and bad stories about oh, the homeschooling thing. Gotcha. I've got just a couple questions left, and then we'll let you uh, get get to your evening plans. Um, I gotta it, go and I gotta go see the end of Westworld, man. I'm still an episode behind on Westworld. I gotta catch up. We haven't watched that. There's just too much good TV on. Dude, there's so much TV. It's crazy. There's so much it's people crazy. say, you, you haven't seen this. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I watched other things. The only, I mean, the mo the biggest thing I'm watching now is The Last Dance. Have you watched the yes, Jordan Doc? Yes, yes, It's so well done. You know, <laughs> I was so excited about it. You know, it started three Sundays ago or whatever. And I was like, oh, I was getting the kids excited. I was like, guys, we can watch this. It's Michael Jordan. You know, they know about Michael Jordan. And I was like, let's all, let's watch it. Let's have dinner early and then we'll sit down and we'll watch it. And my wife was even like kind of excited. She's like, yeah, the 90s are back. And we sat down, we watched it, and everybody was like pumped. And I didn't know they would play two episodes back to back. I thought it was just one, and then that would be. And so I like turned it off, and oh, great, great, great. And then the next day I found out they aired a second one. I, was, I turned it on, and I was watching it during the day. My wife goes, what's this? I go, it's the second episode. She goes, what? I thought that was, I thought that was it. <laughs> and then when she found out it was Ted, she's like, never mind. Oh, she's out. Yeah, no. She hasn't watched oh, a single second after that first one. Oh my god. Well it's not for her. It's not for your kids either. It's it's the nineties. It's also a little dark. It you know what the first one wasn't. I never noticed the first one the first one was pretty light and they kinda just set the framework. Yeah. They're getting into his gambling now. They haven't gotten to his father's murder yet, but it's getting it's getting a little dark at this point. Yeah, and people are saying they're talking bad about him, but I'm kinda like, Well, you know, he's a winner. Like I don't care if his he teammates didn't necessarily dick. like him. No, he was a dick. Like, he was that competitive guy where you're like, dude, can we just play ping pong without betting a thousand dollars? Exactly. Like, no. He's like, no. He goes, I'll bet you five hundred bucks that you will play this game for a thousand bucks. And you're like, well, now you're insane. I'm not sure. <laughs> he's happening. going full tilt on everything. And Everybody then... has said that. My buddy used to, because my buddy, he he knew some of the people around him, and they said people used to wait at golf clubs, at courses, in the parking lot until he would pull in and be like. And then they would try to go in so they would get paired with him because they wanted to they wanted to gut him for all his money. Really? Such a degenerate gambler and not a good he but he's he he would gamble on golf thinking he could play golf the same way he could play basketball. Golf is one of those things where you hit a bad shot, you think I'm gonna like muscle up like I'm it's not like football where you can just hit him with extra authority on the next one. And no, almost works and these against guys you. are sandbaggers. They're probably saying they're ten handicaps. They're probably scratch golfers just waiting to gut him. That one dude. Did you get to the episode? He writes the check for one point two million dollars to the. Did you see that one yet? Uh huh. Oh, have fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I missed oh, you that didn't one. see the gambling one. I thought yet. it was up to date. He I does, saw. Uh, I saw part of the gambling one. I saw he he owes some thing. guy like He's a already million. Been six. Have you seen six? Yes. Yes. Oh, he wrote the check to the guy. Yeah, he wrote the check. Yes. The yes, I saw that. Yeah, because he's a degenerate gambler and he can't <laughs> he can't do anything in life without gambling. Do you see him pitching pennies with the little crew in? Uh, right, in the right. The guys in the locker room and they're checking yeah. corners and he'd like put a thousand dollars down and they'd put a dollar down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted he to goes, win. He goes, That's my hobby. I go, yeah. gambling's not a hobby, dude. He was a winner, he was a man. Absolutely, he was. 
I always felt bad for like Carl Malone and John Stockton that they just and Ewing came along at this weird time in history where Jordan was like, no, dude. Right. I can't even tell you who won the two years he played baseball. Was it Houston? Yeah, it might have been San Antonio. Was it San Antonio? San Antonio won. One definitely. Of them. Yep. And but that whole era, I had forgotten all the teams. I'd forgotten he'd beaten Barkley. Right, right. I'd forgotten that series, and that Barkley was up two games to none. I'd forgotten that, and I, I forgot the one about yeah. I forgot all the teams they. I do remember that Knicks series with John Starks dunking on him. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that image. But it's so good to watch that with the nineties. I just feel like that era too. It was like to watch Jordan play and Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Gretzky at all? You no, I never watched him play, but oh I've never God. seen any hockey really. Gretzky's check out Gretzky's stats one day. Like, no one's ever going to touch his stats. Yeah, his goals scored and his assists are like twice anybody in history. I think his assists are higher than anybody's goals and assists combined, or something. In like his stats are so ridiculous. Well, there's and nobody else night. that they say is like like in basketball. People try and say, "Oh, LeBron or Kobe or something," but but in hockey, I've never heard anybody say. Actually, this guy might be taking out Kretzky. You would watch Sports Center that night, and they'd be like, "Kretzky had five goals tonight," and you'd be like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> like he just couldn't. It was crazy. It was so much fun to watch, and it was pretty great. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I never got. I just felt like that era too. Just sports. I mean, it's, I'm probably because I'm old, but I feel like sports nowadays. It's just, it's such a uh, commercial enterprise where it's all they're so like me, 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 me that it almost is a turnoff. Like I started to like Jordan Spieth when he was like, he would talk about golf and go, "Well, my caddy and I talked about that a lot. We're a team, and it's like I just yeah. kind of miss the whole teamwork thing as opposed to like ripping your helmet off and going. Here, my latest social media post. Well, yeah, the second guys go to other teams. Like, I, I was kind of bummed, and being a New Englander, you kind of be bummed that Brady moved on to the Bucks. Like, you had him for a long time, but it's it's kind of I, a bummer to see I him I actually do that. think it's great, personally. You like it as a New England I fan? Or? I cannot wait to see it. Dude, we have won so much in New England. That <laughs> You're I so spoiled. Tell, You're like, ah. I can't even tell people I'm a Patriots fan. They want to punch me in the face. Yeah. I, even when the games were on, I barely posted any social media. People would be like, seriously, man. I mean, you feel like a bully at some point. <laughs> and I never even liked – Brady's a terrible interview. Is he? He's like a robot. Yeah, I always thought it was Belichick who was the real champion there. But I think it's going to be – I also – I think Brady's in for a rude awakening. Think so? I don't know. He's, what, 43 years old? Yeah. There's a lot of dudes who want to hit him. I just think I think it's going to be really tough to survive 16 games. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's Superman. It'd be, it's going to be really fun to watch, don't you think? Him and Gronkowski back again? Gronkowski, and they and he's got those two receivers I, that are I mean, amazing. Dude, they were great without Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think they're going to have a shorter season of like working it out. There's going to be some wrinkles. Maybe by the end of the season, they'll they'll. I'll bet you. I don't even know who's playing on the Patriots. I bet they make the playoffs. Hey, you might be right. We'll, we'll see if Belichick was the guy. We'll see. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I want to give you an opportunity to, like, uh, I, I like to give people the opportunity on this show to promote someone else. And, um, and before I do that, while, while you're thinking about somebody that you'd like to promote, 
that you think deserves a shout out, people to look up their stuff. I want to give you a shout out, and I haven't done this before uh, for any of my guests, but you, and I don't even know if you know this, you probably, uh, you've been so generous to me in my career. Like you were the guy that would like talk to me. We'd be doing shows and your career was so far beyond mine, but you'd find me and you'd talk to me and treat me like an equal. And, and then like one day you just said, uh, you know, what's new. And I just told you what I was looking for. And you said, you looking for a manager. I said, yeah. And you introduced me to, to Maggie and that, that like changed my life. And I just want to say, thank you. Like how generous so many guys are only looking out for themselves you've been one of the like bright lights out there and i just want to say thank you oh and man I think that's you nice to hear Thanks, an ultimate Nick. shout out i you know maybe it's a, maybe it's that team sport thing too i always and the thing that's tough about stand-up sometimes is it's such a solo commodity that i yeah. miss the camaraderie because when i first came up i did sketch and improv and it was really much more of a we're in this together thing and so i've always kind of enjoyed that part of it and it's also when i see people who i think are talented i it it makes it much easier to go, hey, because I thought it was a great pairing for both. I thought, you know, I'm, I in my mind, I'm helping out Maggie and I'm helping out you because I'm bringing two people together who can help each other. So thanks for saying that. But it's, yeah, I mean, I always. It was really awesome. Out. I appreciate that. I also was hoping that you would get really famous and then I could ride your coattails. It's going to happen. Don't worry about yeah. it. This podcast alone is taking me places, man. Here we go. <laughs> is there anybody well, out yeah, there that you think – like deserves oh, yeah. recognition. So I have two. I have okay. two that I, I mean, two. Just the two people who have made me laugh the most recently. Uh-huh. Henry Henry Phillips is killing me lately. Okay. Do you know Henry Phillips? I don't. I know of him. Oh my god, dude. He. I mean, I kind of know Henry. We've had a drink here and there over the years doing stand up or something. One of the. He's just one of the funniest cats around, and he he's doing this new thing called the Highway Man. With Patrick Keene, I think they're all kind of writing this little thing, and he's like the highwayman who goes around the high. <laughs> you have to Google Henry Phillips and watch one of his bits called The Highwayman. Okay. It makes me laugh so hard. And the other guy who's killing me the most now is Kyle Dunnigan. Sure. He's great on Instagram. Dude, brilliant. He was always that guy. Like, I've done a ton of gigs with they both used to come down to O'Brien's back in the day and it was even before they were like really well known I was like they just made me laugh Kyle Dunnigan is one of the funniest cats around if you sit him at a piano doing impressions and playing crazy songs genius and Henry Phillips uh, people might know him he's had songs on Dr. Demento he's a huge songwriting comic but he also oh he you know he had a movie called Punching the Clown okay and then he had a sequel to Punching the Clown that he wrote and directed and and really great really great in kind of a Mike Birbiglia type of way uh, was the movie sure. but he has this new thing he just put up he also was cooking with Henry he has a cooking show where he <laughs> it goes horribly awry and so my, my two guys would be Henry Phillips and Kyle Dunnigan okay you know yeah. everyone knows Burr and Bill Burr I mean you could name 20 other comics Gaffigan's the probably the best comic on earth right now right, right. but two guys that it caught me off guard that i really really always have loved are henry phillips and kyle dunnigan yeah guys go check out those two guys go check out henry phillips look up the highway man kyle dunnigan's great on instagram so funny um, find jamie on you're on jamie kaler on all social media is that right yep. and you've and the got dadlands the, especially if, you have, if anyone has kids please come to the dadlands because we need to hear your horrible stories about raising children that's why honestly i love talking to you the most because i only have two kids and when i hear your tales of three kids 
it makes me feel so much better about my life. Well, that's what I'm here for. You know, you've done so much for me. If I can, if I can be a punching bag down there, yeah. Check yes. out the Dadlands, a big active group on Facebook. So you, there's places to post. And then uh, Jamie's got a new album, a new stand-up comedy album called Happy Father's Days. D A Z E coming out on Father's Day, June yep. 21st. Make sure you check that out. We'll give it another It'll play plug when that all comes. over Sirius XM. I'm going to be on Larry's station and Jeff's station, and then nice. it's going in the Sirius XM uh, manifold over there. Very cool. I can't wait to hear it, man. Thanks, bud. Thanks for doing this. Are you kidding? I love it. Always a pleasure. Can you do me a favor and say the words Doom, Doom, Bip? Doom, Doom, Bip. I love it, dude. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Got it, buddy. Thanks, man.